morning, everyone. It's good to be here. Listening to the voice of God. Have you heard the voice of God? Do you know what his voice sounds like? If you've had any conversations with me in the last month or so, you may have um, heard me talk about this subject a little bit because it's been something I've been pondering. It's been brought to my thoughts more especially because of reading a book. A missionary to India for 38 years writes of personal experiences of God guiding and um, showing direction in everyday life. And after reading a book like this, I guess I'm convicted and encouraged more than ever to be more open to God's voice, to seek to hear God's voice, to be able to identify God's voice. A scripture that likely comes to all of our minds when we think of God's voice is John 10, 27. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. If we as Christians do not take time to listen to God's voice, if we as Christians can't tell what voice we are hearing, if we as Christians can't show to the world and our brethren that we are listening to God's voice, then what are we even proclaiming to be followers of Christ for? How about we change those points into more positive points? If we as Christians set time aside for quiet, personal, one-on-one communication with God, read his word, time when we sit quietly to hear what God has to tell us, rather than us telling God what he needs to tell us. If we listen to his still small voice, stepping aside from all the pressures of life and opening our hearts and minds to what he wants to tell us. If we gaze up into the night sky and see his glory. If we sit by the lake and marvel at his creation. If we take time for good quality time for our spouse and children, God speaks to them too. If we open our lives to our brotherhood, if our whole life is revolving around listening to God, we are going to hear the voice of God. We're going to know the voice of God and our lives will be changed. We will have direction in life. Life won't look confusing or discouraging because God guides. God wants to be a part of our life. And when I wrote that statement, I had to think that, no, that's actually not correct. God doesn't just want to be part of our life. God wants to be our life. I think we have that perception of God ourselves, that God is just part of our life. Somehow we fall back on God. When we can't figure it out ourselves or we get into so much trouble, we hurt ourselves, we hurt others, and then we suddenly think of God and remember he is the only way out after all. If we are listening to the voice of God all the time in the seemingly insignificant and, of course, in the big hard things, but if we are in the small and everyday things, then we more than likely won't be having so many big and hard things. So where do we go in the scripture for direction in listening to God speak? We know that the scriptures themselves um, are, are God's voice. The first person to hear the voice of God was Adam in the garden. And all throughout scripture and today, God loves to commune with his people. We could look at Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Noah, David, many godly examples of listening to God. And yes, their humanity can be an encouragement to us as well because they wavered sometimes too. Yet they came through. 
They chose to listen to God's voice even when, even when it was God's voice of condemnation, warning, and judgment. The example I want to look at this morning is Samuel. Let me turn your Bibles to 1 Samuel 3. Familiar story of God calling Samuel. First Samuel 3, and I'm going to read the whole passage, verses 1 through 21. And the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no open vision. And it came to pass at that time when Eli was laid down in his place, and his eyes began to wax dim that he could not see. Ere the lamp of God went out in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was, and Samuel was laid down to sleep. That the Lord called Samuel, and he answered, Here am I. And he ran unto Eli and said, Here am I, for thou callest me. And he said, I called not. Lie down again. And he went and lay down. And the Lord called yet again, Samuel. And Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou dost call me. And he answered, I called not, my son, lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed unto him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. And he arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou dost call me. And Eli perceived that the Lord had called the child. Therefore Eli said unto Samuel, Go, lie down, and it shall be, if he call thee, that thou shalt say, Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. And the Lord came and stood and called as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel answered, Speak, for thy servant heareth. And the Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I will do a thing in Israel, at which both the ears of every one that heareth it shall tingle. In that day I will perform against Eli all things which I have spoken concerning his host. When I begin, I will also make an end. For I have told him that I will judge his house forever for the iniquity which he knoweth, because his sons made themselves vile, and he restrained them not. And therefore, I have sworn unto the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be purged with sacrifice nor offering forever. And Samuel lay until the morning and opened the doors of the house of the Lord. And Samuel feared to show Eli the vision. And Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son. And he answered, Here am I. And he said, What is the thing that the Lord has said unto thee? I pray thee, hide it not from me. God do so to thee, and more also, if thou hide anything from me of all the things that he said unto thee. And Samuel told him every whit, and hid nothing from him. And he said, It is the Lord, let him do what seemeth him good. And Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him, and did let none of his words fall to the ground. And all Israel, from Dan even to Beersheba, knew that Samuel was established to be a prophet of the Lord. And the Lord appeared again in Shiloh, for the Lord revealed himself to Samuel in Shiloh by the word of the Lord. First thing we see in this passage of God speaking to Samuel is the need for God's voice. Israel was in dark times, very dark times. Aren't we in dark times? We need God's voice more than ever. The world is falling apart. Homes are torn apart. Lives are being snuffed out physically and spiritually. And it's only fair to say it and, and be blunt too. God's church and God's people are struggling more than ever. But why? Aren't God's people the ones that hear his voice? And God's people the voice of God? Verse 1 shows us how dire the situation was for Israel. It says the word of the Lord was precious and there was no open vision. What it means by precious is that it was hard to come by, really hard to find. 
no open vision. There was no prophet, no spiritual person willing to step forward and show God's word. Few people or next to no one was listening to the voice of God. The need was great in Israel. Isn't the need great today? God saw the need in Israel and started working even through Hannah's renewed commitment and prayer to dedicate Samuel to the work of the Lord. What are we dedicating our sons and daughters to? Is our life too crowded and busy to dedicate them to the work of the Lord? I think every one of us would say unequivocally that this is Samuel's day, and so many of us are not listening to the voice of God. There's very little vision. Are you ready to listen to the voice of God? Are you ready to dedicate your children to the cause of Christ? Are you ready to be a Samuel? The need in Israel was great, and God spoke. God's call came to Samuel at night after Samuel and Eli both had gone to bed. Samuel was lying down in the temple close to the Ark of God. The Ark of God symbolized God's holy presence. The Lamp of God, the golden lampstand that was located in the holy place, had not yet gone out, it says, apparently fairly early in the night, I would suppose. Samuel slept close by the lampstand, close to the entrance that led into the most holy place where the Ark of God was kept, and God spoke. God called Samuel multiple times. Samuel was young. In verse 7, it says, Samuel did not yet know the Lord, neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed unto him. God issued his call to Samuel four different times. You read that. But Samuel misunderstood the call the first three times. He thought the voice he was hearing was Eli, merely a human voice. And each time Samuel ran to Eli saying, here am I. But each time Eli responded that he had not called Samuel and instructed him to go back to bed. And that's encouraging to me. I think we all want to hear and know the voice of God. Maybe we are fearful we will miss the voice of God. But God will keep calling. We know he will keep speaking as long as we are sincere. And I believe also, even if we aren't really that sincere, he will still endeavor to speak to us and convict us in other ways. I had to wonder too if there is significance in Samuel going back to rest. Rest as in sleep, but yes, partly, uh, what about rest as in life and rest in God? Do we live an unrestful life, if that makes sense? Um, God speaks in a restful life. Um, also, God's call was a beautiful lesson for Samuel and for us. Um, God is not hiding from us. God wasn't trying to play hide-and-seek with Samuel. He wasn't calling Samuel's name and ducking behind the labor. No, God was showing Samuel through Eli that he needed to have his heart and his life open to God in order for him to be able to hear and understand the voice of God. Samuel knew the law. He knew all the rituals and things he needed to do as a young boy that were expected of him. He knew what errands to run for Eli. He knew how to open the doors for the people to come to worship. He was a good person, but he needed to hear and know the voice of God personally. At the third call from God, Eli suddenly um, realized that this was the voice of God. He instructed Samuel what to do. Samuel, if he calls again, answer with, Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. The heart of openness to God. Are we just... Good people that live good moral lives come to church and do what is expected of us and expect others 
or the older folks who had the experience to be paying attention to God's voice. Believing in God and identifying as a Christian isn't enough. To know God is to know his voice. I think our our reluctance so often, and I know it is with mine, that if we open our heart and say, speak, Lord, that it's going to cost us too much. But God is calling, Matthew 22, verse 14, for many are called, but few are chosen. What are we called to? Well, first of all, to accept Christ as our Savior and Lord. We're called to turn away from fleshly, carnal sin. We're called to rededicate our lives and live wholeheartedly for Christ. Maybe to serve in the ministry, maybe to serve in missions, maybe to minister to the poor. Maybe to enter a certain profession. Maybe to prepare and secure education for a certain task. Maybe to um, give more of our money or time, whatever it might be. Maybe to witness to a certain person or group. Maybe even to write something in our wills, giving up what we have to give up anyway. For many are called. God is speaking. He is calling me. He's calling you. It's not that God wouldn't choose as many as he called, but it's simply because we aren't saying, speak, Lord, and opening our hearts and life to his will and guidance. We say we want to know God's will in our lives. In other words, hear him speak. But God does not want us to depend on his will. He wants us to depend on him. What's the difference? God does not want us to depend on his will. He wants us to depend on him. Sometimes we say, God, just show me what to do. That way I won't need you. We don't say it in those words, but we want God to tell us that we're in control, right? Or which is better, or the the better way, I believe. The only way, God, I want you wherever you lead me, wherever you take me, whatever it means, whatever it costs, and whatever it looks like. Maybe it's a play of words, but it says that Samuel went back to his place. After the third time, Samuel, or sorry, Eli t- told him to go back. Samuel went back to his place. I guess he did every time, but we need to be where God wants us and doing the best we know how, how to already in order for God to speak. We need to be in our place, our place of humility. So when God speaks, there's specific, there is a specific response we need to respond with every time clear and straightforward. Speak, Lord, for your servant hears and is listening. And I had to think of Isaiah as well. Hear my Lord, send me the openness to God. We could spend a bit of time on Samuel's predicament. He opened his heart to God, and what a disturbing message. It was a message of condemnation and judgment against the family of Eli. Verse 11 And the Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I will do a thing in Israel, at which both the ears of everyone that heareth, it shall tingle. Chapter 4 for Samuel describes exactly what happened. Israel will be defeated in war by the Philistines, losing 30,000 foot soldiers. Eli's two sons would be killed, and Eli himself would die when receiving a report from the battlefield. The death of all three priests would mean a complete change in the priesthood. cultural shock and transfer of power for the Israelites. The ark itself would be captured by the Philistines. Above all else, this would shock and strike terror in the hearts of the Israelites. The ark of God was the very symbol of God's presence among them and to many other people. 
The loss of the ark meant the loss of God's presence. God would no longer be present with them to guide, protect, and provide for them. Can you imagine? He obviously lost sleep over it. Verse 4, And Samuel lay until the morning, and opened the doors of the house of the Lord, and Samuel feared to show Eli the vision. So he lay awake the rest of the night, and then when morning came, it seems he pretty much tried to avoid Eli, and hoped he didn't ask again about the voice. God's voice sometimes brings judgment. Here in this case, it was severe judgment on Israel. We aren't prophets, but God speaks to us too if we open our hearts, and sometimes it just might be judgment. And what I mean by judgment is conviction and brotherhood and maybe even circumstances sometimes. <clears throat> Hearing God's voice should not strike fear in our hearts, but this shows us that Allowing God to speak and allowing God to control our lives will cost us a lot. And I believe one of the big reasons we struggle with actually saying, Speak, Lord, for thy servant here. God's voice tells us the hard truth that we need to hear. When we know God's voice and we really know him in this way, then we also know that he is telling us these things because he loves us and he has a purpose for it. It's for our good. And he will give us the grace to follow through with it. Judgment is the one subject missing from many Christian conversations today. The message of the gospel is that of judgment, either the judgment of Christ upon the cross that brings salvation to us, or the judgment that we will confront when we come face to face with God. The message of judgment is intertwined with every message of salvation. We are saved because of the judgment Christ bore, a judgment that we deserve, that was due to us. Christ bore our judgment, therefore we are saved from the wrath of God. But if we continue in our sin and wickedness, we must die and bear the judgment of God. Judgment must be proclaimed by the faithful believers of today. The judgment that Christ bore to save us and the judgment that we will bear if we continue in sin and wickedness. The faithful believer of God cannot escape the message of judgment. He must proclaim the wrath of God, for we are appointed to die and then to face the judgment. A few scriptures I'll read here. Um, Hebrews 9, verse 27. And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. Mark 6, 11. And whosoever shall not receive you, nor hear you, when ye depart thence, shake off the dust under your feet for a testimony against them. Verily I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable for Sodom and Gomorrah on the day of judgment than for that city. John 5, verses 28 through 29, Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming in which all that are in the grave shall hear his voice and shall come forth. They that have done good unto the resurrection of life, and they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. 2 Peter 2, verse 9, The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished. 1 John 4, 17, Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. I'd like to now look at the proof. Proof that we are hearing God's voice. Notice the change in verse 19. And Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him. And he did let none of his words fall to the ground. The Lord's presence and power are proof. People can tell if we listen to God or not because of how we act and how we speak. How we appear... People who see a Christian know he is a Christian. It's not maybe, probably, or sometimes. They just don't cut it. None of, the Samuels, none of Samuel's words fell to the ground. 
He meant what he said, and what he said had power. God spoke through Samuel. So Samuel's words weren't really Samuel's words because God was speaking through him. Maybe that's why in chapter 4, verse 1, it says, And the word of Samuel came to all Israel. The word of the Lord wasn't scarce anymore. And when Samuel spoke, God spoke. Matthew 28, verse 19 through 20, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I command you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Acts 1, verse 8, But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Colossians 1, 10 through 11, That ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power, unto all patience and long-suffering with joyfulness. So what is the proof that someone is listening to God? speaking and sharing God's word. Another proof, and it's somewhat similar, I suppose, but verse 20 says, all of Israel from Dan to Beersheba, so from the north all the way to the south, everyone knew that Samuel was established to be a prophet of the Lord. Reputation and God's calling are visible to those looking on. There's no question. What is my reputation? What is your reputation? Wherefore, brethren, look ye out among you seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. Acts 6, verse 3. Acts 10, verse 22. And they said, Cornelius, the centurion, a just man, and one that feared God, and of good report among all the nations of the Jews, was warned from God by an holy, holy angel to send for thee into his house and to hear words of thee. Acts 22, verse 12, And one Ananias, a devout man, according to the law, having a good report of all the Jews which dwelt there. 2 Corinthians 8, verse 18, And we have sent with him the brother whose praise is in the gospel throughout all the churches. Third uh, John 12, Demetrius hath good report of all men and of the truth itself. Yea, and we also bear record, and ye know that our record is true. Another proof that we are listening to God is his continued fellowship and continued revelation. Verse 21, And the Lord appeared again in Shiloh, for the Lord revealed himself to Samuel in Shiloh by the word of the Lord. Faithfully, the Lord continued to manifest his presence at the tabernacle, the worship center, and he continued to reveal himself to Samuel through his word. God never stops speaking to us unless we stop listening to him. And likewise, the more we listen and follow his voice, the more the lives of others will be blessed and God's voice will be heard throughout the land. A few more scriptures. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. There's John 4, 14, verse 17. John 14, verse 21. He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me, and he that loveth me shall be loved to my Father, and I will love him and will manifest myself unto him. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? For ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Galatians 2, verse 20. I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. 
Ephesians 3, verses 17 through 19, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. In Colossians 1, verse 27. To whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. All right, the last proof I want to look at is obedience. Obedience is proof that we are listening to God. When God spoke to Samuel, he listened and he obeyed. We listen to God and we do that initially when we hear his call and accept him into our hearts. But if all we do is listen, there will come a point where he won't speak to us anymore. It takes our communication with him, our surrender to him, our obedience to him. It requires a response from us. You know, if you are communicating to someone, well, through a messaging platform or even just a conversation, um, in messaging you might have two different colors. With iMessaging you have incoming messages that are gray and the outgoing are green. Other platforms use other colors, white and blue maybe, and so on. But you know how those conversations go when most of it is just gray? It kind of, the conversation ends, right? Um, is that with how it is with God sometimes? Our conversations kind of stop because we're not returning communication with God. And thank you, God, for, for not giving up on us. We can all testify to God's mercy, I'm sure, where it was pretty one-sided. But he kept, he kept working on us and convicting us. While my emphasis was listening to God this morning, let's not forget there needs to be a response, and a response of obedience, a response of, yes, Lord, a response of, speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. Matthew 7, 21, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. John 15, verse 10, If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as it as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. Revelation 22, verse 14, Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates into the city. Deuteronomy 26, verse 16, This day the Lord thy God hath commanded thee to, these stat to do these statutes and judgments. Thou shalt therefore keep and do them with all thine heart and with all thy soul. In Joshua 1, verse 8, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. God, what do you want me to know? God, what do you want me to do? Ask. Listen. Wait. In the quiet, free flow of thoughts, God speaks when our eyes are fixed on Jesus. Anywhere, in any situation. How does this find you this morning? Do you know God's voice? Have you heard him speak? Are you willing to listen and do whatever he says? That is a hard one for me. And we probably are all about the same here. We covet that kind of life, but aren't ready for the cost. A.W. Tozer in the pursuit of God says this. He prayed, Father, I want to know thee. 
but my coward heart fears to give up his toys. I cannot part with them without inward bleeding, and I do not try to hide from thee the terror of the parting. I come trembling, but I do come. Please root from my heart all those things which I have cherished so long and which have become a part of my living self, so that thou mayest enter and dwell there without a rival. Then shalt thou make the place of thy feet glorious. Then shall my heart have no need of the sun to shine in it. For thyself will be the light of it, and there shall be no night there. In Jesus' name, amen. Are you all in? Listen for God's voice. Let's kneel for prayer. Father in heaven, we thank you for the opportunity to be here together this morning to share and to worship you. We pray that you would be with each one of us. And we pray, Lord, that you would somehow help us all to have our hearts open before you. You know that we all deep down want you to speak, but help us to get rid of ourselves and, and to listen to whatever you have to tell us. Pray that you would bless the, um, those who are sick, weren't able to make it here this morning, those may be traveling or wherever they are, but you would give them a special blessing and help us to grow closer to you, closer together as a brotherhood. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.